Today is Friday, August 20th, and this is Big Fish Small Pod. I'm A.T. Werdahl here covering the gaps in between coverage of the Cincinnati Red series in Cincinnati. Um, so, like, really quick, uh, mostly what struck me about yesterday's game was approach um, in a lot of ways. It's kind of like a confluence of those factors. Like, there's a front office approach that has a player like Luis Castillo pitching for the Reds, a former Marlins farmhand traded for, uh, oh, Dan Straley, if I recall, on the screen last night at the game on the field was a bit of the remnants of a different approach for the Marlins organization. Um, I, I mean, I think that they just weren't taking uh, good swings on trades. Uh, I, th- I think clearly you had upside with Luis Castillo that you did not get back with Dan Straley. Uh, just a talent in equity. Um, and obviously, like, the big headline out of this game is uh, Isan Diaz's uh, golden sombrero. So there's, like, a major real, like, analog between approach in the front office and approach at the plate that uh, both... I mean, that's I, I think that's two strikes. That's two strikes right there um, as for winning this game. Played out 6-1. to one. The Reds were the winner. But uh, what I did... I went through, just like the first time through the lineup, I just made notes on every hitter just to like see what they looked like at the plate, like we'll try to like get some insight into their like approach, just pure eye test. So uh, starting out the game, uh, Miguel Rojas stuck out with aggression. He seems to be going for a single, like every time he's at the plate, just move it forward, making contact in front seems to be his goal. It worked out for him, infield single. Um, then came Isan Diaz. He seemed to be, to my eye, looking for a mistake. He took the best pitch, the first pitch they at bat, which was the best pitch to hit that he saw, just went inside for a strike. Again, Luis Castillo kind of going across the zone to Isan in the two hole. I, I do also, <laughs> there's a little bit of a headache I have about Isan Diaz hitting second. Um, but this is not what we're talking about. We're talking about the fact that Isan Diaz was going to the plate looking for a mistake. Took the best pitch in his first at-bat, that inside fastball for a strike, and then he just, like, went down swinging at a... just way away. It looked like the sort of thing that you would see, like, a Giancarlo do on a slider for years. Um, it, it hurts to even say that a good bit just felt like there wasn't that adjustment going on. Um, Jesus Aguilar, third batter, it looked to me like he was just facing the pitcher. He's a big body, home run is in the pitcher's mind, so he has a rather unpredictable at-bat if he's just facing off with the pitcher themselves. Obviously forcing the pitcher to execute their pitches, not like tip their pitches at all, because if Jesus can get, like, a view of that, see that pitch, he'll take it far. But it seems like he does cut corners, and, like, a really good pitcher is able to just kind of get around him, and that's what it felt like. Next inning, Jesus Sanchez immediately came out swinging. Um, really good. It seemed like 
Luis Castillo like to throw that like first pitch strike um, just to get that. He's, I mean, obviously like kind of ace mindset. He wants to go deep into a game. So he's looking to get ahead however he can. So Jesus Sanchez coming in big swing at like a strike. It was a 87 mile an hour off speed pitch and he just took it for a double. Then uh, came Brian Anderson. He swung at like a fastball that was just way too far in. I mean, he stayed off like a fastball low. Uh, and then he got another fastball just like in right at him. Definitely like jammed him on the ground. But it felt like the sort of pitch that you shouldn't be swinging at. It, Like obviously it's a pitch that wakes you up if you're in any way like sleepwalking an inside fastball at like 98. You're like, oh, what do we do? Um, and it felt like that a little bit. Um, I didn't make notes on any other at-bats uh, throughout the game, just kind of this first one. I, I want to just, like, see how a pit- how these batters initially approach a hitter, and it, it seemed like Brian just got, like, toppled by Castillo. Um, whatever game plan he had just didn't, didn't come out. Uh, Jorge Alfaro, he was actually really on balls and strikes, took two balls, saw a strike, and then he hit that pitch hard. Uh, on the ground, really, like, just third baseman just, like, popped it up behind him. It was just that hard hit. But I, I really like that approach. It seemed like this first time around, one of the best. Just that he was on balls and strikes, holding Luis Castillo accountable, making him throw some pitches, but not letting him just ruin your game plan. Alex Jackson had another one of those inside fastballs. It was like something in between uh, BA and Isan's, and he like hit it softly, you know, small part of the bat, just kind of got it right to the pitcher. It was an unlucky double play ball, <laughs> just a catch and a throw to first. Uh, you know, you, you're not like, wow, Alex Jackson hit into a double play again. Um, but then Brian De La Cruz followed up looking like really ready to hit just a lot of energy at the plate a lot of energy in his setup um but he faced a lot of off-speed stuff on the corners and then like the like pretty extreme luis castillo change up just down and out of the zone to whiff strikeout again his first time around facing luis castillo his first time around the majors seeing players pitchers with stuff this good um if he starts to like, I'm looking for him to make adjustments to this type of stuff, uh, which is really a matter of doing what Alfaro does, hold tight balls and strikes, and then get the pitches you want. We'll see how that goes. To me, that's like the big step in the development. Um, and the last time the Marlins really built an outfield, it was a thing that just like kind of got away. Um, there was the power obvious in that like Yelich Stanton outfield, but they didn't quite get that discipline going. Um, the game, 6-1, to one, Reds. Brian Mitchell made his first appearance as a Marlin. Um, looking quickly through the minors, the Jumbo Shrimp fell to the Durham Bulls, 10-4. to four. Some highlights. Uh, Eddie Alvarez, two more doubles. Uh, really just like on it with extra bases lately. Uh, Monte Harrison homered. So did Lorenzo Quintana. Lorenzo Quintana is now hitting 3 
10 with his three hits last night. Just really cool. Uh, one of those like kind of like small time trades. I mean, they basically just bought a catcher from the Astros. But he's like done well so far at AAA. Uh, Edward Cabrera had the start, six strikeouts, four innings, three earned runs, two home runs. Not overwhelming, but again, just another time around where he got strikeouts. Great news for that prospect. In Pensacola, the Biloxi Shuckers visited uh, and won two to one over Pensacola. Zach McCambley got the start, five innings, four strikeouts, one earned run, four hits that earned run on a home run, two walks. You do like the outing for Zach McCambley. Well, the bats were slow. Peyton Burdick had two hits, though. His OPS, by the way, is 860. Just keep that in mind as he's hit pretty well at double A. And what always gets me about this lineup is that there's just like seems to be a major drop off uh, the front half to back half with like Blade, Burdick, Canacion, Conine, and then just no more hits for last night against the Shuckers. Uh, in Beloit, the Chiefs from Peoria came to visit and the Snappers got him. In the third inning, we had a uh, Good offensive outburst. Connor Scott, RBI double. Victor Victor Mesa with an RBI single. Cameron Meisner with an RBI triple. Put the snappers ahead 3-1 to one and would go on to win 4-1. to one. MD Johnson had the start. He's been, like, really good. He has an ERA at 138, allowing just one earned run in six innings with eight strikeouts to two walks. Again, same with McCambly. That one earned run was a solo home run. Uh, closing out with the uh, Jupiter Hammerheads, uh, they beat the Lakeland Flying Tigers 4-3. to three. Holding on in the ninth, Joey Steele got the two-inning save, but in the ninth inning, his second inning allowed two runs. One earned, two strikeouts overall. Luis Palacios had the start, six innings, seven strikeouts, one earned run, no home run, um, and the bats got it done. Eight hits overall. Tonight, Friday, August 20th, the Marlins will face Sonny Gray and the Cincinnati Reds again at 7-10. The likely starter for the Marlins is Eliezer Hernandez, but stay tuned to Fish Stripes to get the latest 